Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Sound. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line. After our disappointing sort of drudge, drudging, I don't know, drudgeful, I don't know, dreadful, <laughs> six, six to one loss to the Miami Marlins. It's kind of a snoozer. Dave, I know you were watching the Cats game. I think you were much better off there, even though that one got ugly at the end, too. But we'll start with Jose Fernandez on the mound for the Marlins. Made 26 starts in Marlins Park before he suffered his first loss, the first time out this season. So we managed to strike out 13 batters in five and two-thirds, and that loss to Detroit earlier this month. 3-0, a 0 9 ERA, 164, 241, 278 line against, 30, 36 and two-thirds career innings pitched against the Nationals before tonight. Not particularly sharp, but three scoreless innings to start it. Four walks, five Ks, 70 pitches and three scoreless. Ends up striking out nine in six innings, 103 pitches total. Not particularly sharp, like I said, but able to get the job done. The Nationals couldn't uh, muster much of anything against Fernandez when he was in there. Yeah, you know, just as a baseball fan, it's good to see Jose Fernandez uh, back on the mound, uh, pitching, being successful. I know that they're really going to try to – um, you know, limit him in what he what he's going to be able to do. But and of course, we saw the walk, the uncharacteristic of him at his peak. But this is a guy that's still playing his way into shape, and um, just one of the great uh, pitching talents in the game today. Good to see him back on the mound. Obviously, the Nats had their troubles with him. Um, you know, tonight was one of those games where you're right. Uh, they, the the Marlins scored early. Um, the Nats really never never cut into them, so it, it was tough to get into it as a fan. But uh, you're going to have games like this where where uh, um, things aren't going to go your way and, and, and they're not going to come back. I mean, this is a team that we've seen so far this season um, has been able to come back from early deficits. It just didn't happen tonight. Uh, like you said, it was a little bit of a snoozer. But um, but as a baseball fan, you have to be um, happy to see Jose Fernandez back on the pitching mound. Tanner Roark struggled in his first start of the year against the Marlins. I think faced him in D.C. in the home opener. Nine hits, four runs, three earned runs, three walks, and four innings. So that uh, that game, uh, seven scoreless for the Braves. The second time out, though, much better. This time it didn't go so well for him. D. Gordon singles, steals, a balk puts him on third. An RBI single by Christian Yelich brings him in. one nothing at that point later in the inning. First inning, I should note, Marcelo, Marcelo Zuna with a two-out, two-run liner to left center. Three, three nothing after that. Four nothing after two innings. He leaves a 2-0 fastball. Misses his spot, leaves it a little bit up in his own knee high to Giancarlo Stanton, who hits one out the deep center. There's some joking going on about whether that would have cleared the old walls. It didn't look like it would, but it did get over the new walls at Marlins Park, where they're trying to make it more Homer friendly for some of their players. It's not a nice, not a good start for Tanner Roark altogether. Ends up going six innings, seven hits, five runs, four earned, two walks, two Ks. Does get 12 ground ball outs, which if you're looking for positives, I guess that's a positive, but. Didn't look sharp out there at all. The Nationals as a whole didn't look sharp, but Rourke in particular wasn't all that great on the mound tonight. No, it wasn't a great start for him. And, and you know, people are going to give up home runs to Stanton, but uh, the hit that really hurt was the uh, the two-out window Zuno. You know, he it looked like he was battling back and, and might have been able to get out of it. And uh, um, that was just the, the one that, that, that hurt him. But uh, the, the the bigger point with, with Rourke now is that, uh, um, like you mentioned twice, he's had trouble with, uh, with Miami, and he, and he fairly mowed down the Braves. So, um, you know, this is going to be something that we're going to have to have to keep a look on, have to keep an eye on, is that uh, um, him struggling against better competition 
and taking care of the ones that uh, um, that are a little bit more of the, the dregs of the division. So um, hopefully that doesn't turn into a pattern. Um, but, yeah, not a great start for him today. Jose Fernandez and Jason Worth had a little bit of a issue, I would call it, last year. Uh, Fernandez hit him on the elbow late in the season. Worth didn't like it. They had a little stare down on the mound, a little eye contact and some words back and forth between them. Nothing came of it. Hit him again tonight, back, shoulder, left shoulder, somewhere in there, and Worth didn't look too happy about it again. you make anything of this, or you think Fernandez was just kind of wild tonight? He didn't have his stuff, best stuff, and was a little all over the place, especially with his fastball. So and I'm not reading it, yeah. anything, but they showed the highlights from last year, too. I had forgotten all about it before I saw that. No, you know, players have a long memory, and, and I'm sure that stuck in the back of Worth's mind. But uh, he did walk a bunch of people tonight, did not have good control with his fastball. So it's hard to think that, that he would hit him on purpose in, in that type of situation. But um, you can rest assured that it's in the back of Jason's first mind, and he's, he's not going to forget about that. But uh, it's just good that, uh, that that no ugliness came of it. There was enough ugliness in the uh, the Caps Flyers hockey game to go for the DC fan base for one night. That's for sure. I had that on in the background, and just ugh, ugly towards the end there. Uh, seeing one player almost get his neck broke enough for me to turn it off and assume that game is over. Uh, Bryce Harper had his four four game home run streak ended. He was, however, named the co NL player today after he runs in four straight to end the week. Nine for twenty six, three forty six, four hundred, eight forty six line, a double and four home runs as we mentioned, but that streak ended tonight. Not a particularly inspiring game from him. He walks once, zero for two, RBI, uh, sack fly, missed one that he kind of. He seemed to think he should have hit out. Uh, Fernandez left the pitch up. He heard Harper using profanities, I should say, when he flew out early in the game. Not particularly strong night for Harper, but a really big week for him, and he gets the NL Player of the Week, shares it with Nolan Arenado, who put up equally impressive numbers on the week. But nice to see Harper getting some recognition again, as if he needs more press. Yeah, it's like Bryce Harper doesn't get enough attention or recognition that he just had to win the player of the week again. But, um, no, you know, he, he had a tremendous week. Obviously, you know, Homer five nights in a row, that's going to get some attention. And, um, yeah, you know, he didn't didn't have a great night tonight, but really none of the Nats had a great night tonight. I guess uh, um, Michael Taylor had a couple of hits and, um, you know, Ryan Zimmerman snuck one through there. But, uh, yeah, it just, you know, it just was not a great night, um, either pitching or hitting for the Nats. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have nights like this, and um, you just hope that, uh, you know, they've lost two in a row now. Hopefully it doesn't turn into some sort of streak or, or that type of thing. You know, what the Nats don't want to have happen is to get in a habit where they are beating up, uh, you know, the, the lesser teams in the division and struggling with the Marlins or, you know, decent competition. But I guess we'll, we'll figure that out, uh, you know, in the next four to six weeks where they start playing a little bit stronger competition and, you know, really see where they sit. But, um, you know, Harper had a great week. He took advantage of the games that they had, and, and now they got to play the games that are ahead of them. It's kind of my stock line for the Marlins every year, but it ends up being right most of the time. Uh, usually I think they're going to be a good team, but it's always an if they can stay healthy thing. They don't have the depth. Uh, I think one or two injuries to this team, and they're going to fall off like they usually do in the season. Fernandez or Stanton goes down for any particular amount, any extended amount of time, and you're going to see trouble with them. After the first series, Dusty Baker said they've got a good team, a real good team. They've got some guys up and down the lineup that can hit. They've got some speed. 
hasn't seen all their pitchers at that point, but he likes the team. He said when he was with TBS or ESPN, one of the two last year, he picked them to go to the World Series along with the Blue Jays. Uh, he said clearly, I'm not picking them this year, jokingly, but what do you think of the Marlins? Uh, three three games in here, is it going to be another one of those things where if they stay healthy, they can compete up there at the top with the Mets and the Nationals, or you don't think they have the depth there? Well, I don't think they have the, the overall talent to really challenge at the top of the division, even if Stanton and Fernandez stay healthy. Um, I think they're, they're, they're still a, a couple of players away from that. Um, but, but, but you're right to, to, to say that this team kind of hinges on those two guys. One or the other of them has been hurt, or both, has been hurt you know, three of the last four years. And the year that they were both relatively healthy, they did really well in the division. So I think you're right to say that. Um, and like I was talking about Fernandez earlier, if you're a baseball fan, you want to see these guys on the field. You want to see good talent play. You want you want to see good talent be healthy. Um, you know, I, I think I think Marcelo Zuna is a decent player. Um, didn't particularly play that well last year after um, after his breakout year in 14. But um, you know, so he's a guy that, that you have to look at. Justin Bohr hit 24 home runs at first base, kind of a relevation for them. Sort of a, a, an older, you know, not really a prospect anymore, but. Um, an older um, minor league player that they kind of had some success. It'll be interesting to see if he can follow up. Um, they have a couple of other decent pitchers. I think I think Adam Conley is probably a, a pretty decent pitcher, um, but you know, again, a guy that hasn't uh, had a whole lot of major league experience. Um, and, and they certainly have have some talent in the minor leagues, but I don't think the Nats are going to see this year. But I think in in, in you know a year, two, three down the road. Um, I think the Marlins could be pretty competitive, but again, it's the Marlins. So once you know, once some of these players that are playing now get to you know getting ready for free agency, you know they're either going to walk or they're going to get traded, and then they'll they'll be right back to uh, to their you know to to, to breaking in younger players. So it's really kind of cyclical when when you get to talking about the Miami Marlins and um, you know through their franchise history, um, you know they've been pretty good about winning a World Series every six or eight years, but. Um, I just don't think the talent, you know, the major league talent is accumulated right now um, for them to really be competitive with the Nets and the Mets up at the top of the division. I also like the signing of Wei and Chen. I think if they're going to compete, that's a nice signing to add to the rotation. And uh, I just love Christian Yelich. She's one of those players that I'll watch whenever he's playing, even if it's not against the Nationals. So there's, there is some young talent there. I, I tend to agree, though. I don't think they're going to be there this year. They could surprise everyone if everyone stays healthy and they produce, but also I'm afraid of Barry Bonds. They are working with Giancarlo Stanton. The idea of him getting good good advice from Barry Bonds on top of his natural skill is just a scary prospect to me, but Doghouse isn't here tonight, so you're stuck with the trivia question for the night. Bryce Harper oh, no. with, his home run streak, with his home run streak was one of four Nats with home runs in four straight games before that streak ended tonight. And you name the three other Nationals who've hit home runs in four straight games since 2005. Uh, let's start with Alfonso Soriano. That's a negative. And no, um, Adam nope. Dunn. Nope. Ryan Zimmerman. Two. There you go. You got uh, one left. Josh Willingham. <laughs> the other three are. Ryan Zimmerman in 2009, Adam LaRoche 2012, and everyone's favorite player all these years later, Michael Morris in 2011 with home runs in four straight games. Oh, man. Interesting interesting list Harper's on there. 
Uh, there was some talk before the game, Dusty Baker talking about the guys who are still on the quote-unquote interstate in his lineup and continuing to run them out there. In particular, talking about Michael Taylor, who was two for four tonight with a walk, two Ks. Jason Worth sitting at 158 after the game, after he went 0 for 3 with three Ks on a frustrating night for him. One I'm interested in talking about, though, is Danny Espinosa, one for three on the night with a walk, 176 average overall. Uh, but my question for you, I saw at least one play today. He made a fielded a grounder in the hole with a guy on second headed towards third, thought about throwing to third where he might have had a possibility of getting it out there, still managed to throw across the infield to get a Danny Hechevarria, who's not necessarily a slow player, just really good example of Danny Espinosa's you know, smart that shortstop and the arm that he has there at that position. So my question to you is, have you seen enough from him on defense to justify keeping him in the lineup if he continues to struggle offensively like he has so far? Uh, I love him defensively. It's not been the problem in his career. It's always been the bat. So what do you think about going forward? And I'll just add to that discussion the fact that Trey Turner, we mentioned the other night, he has to stay down until June to guarantee an extra year of control. So far at AAA this year, 10 games. This might not be updated for tonight, but 10 games in, he's got three doubles, a home run, a 368, 467, 526 line, seven walks, eight Ks, four stolen bases already. Haven't seen much about what he's doing defensively out there, but what does Daniel Espinosa have to do? Has he shown you enough at shortstop that you can keep him there in spite of the offensive struggles? Well, this is a multi-part question, so I'll take the answer in multi-part. Number one, I don't think there's any situation that we'll see Trey Turner in the Washington Nationals uniform before Memorial Day unless the Nats have two or three injuries. Um, I just think they have plans that that Turner and Giolito won't be up until they have the extra year in the back end. Um, Number two, um, regardless of the player in today's Major League Baseball, if a guy can't hit 220, it doesn't matter how good a defensive player is, he's not helping the team. So, um, Espinosa has to start making some contact. He has to start making some good contact. He is a he is a he's a slugging hitter, and if he's if he's not producing any power, then then he's useless. He he doesn't get on base at a high enough clip. He doesn't make enough contact. He's a terrific defensive player, and I actually I saw the replay on that play that you mentioned specifically because it happened to come you know during the between the intermission. So I got a good look at that play. A tremendous play. I mean, we know he's a tremendous defensive player, but if he can't hit 220, then he's hurting the team. I mean, Stephen Drew can give you league average defense and hit 220, and you know, and 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 slug 450. Espinosa can't hit out of hit his way out of a wet paper bag right now. Yeah, be interesting to see what they do going forward. I tend to agree that Trey Turner is not going to be up until they have that year of control. I don't know if that's a great idea. I said from. Uh, since what last summer, maybe August when they first called him up, that if they plan on playing him down the stretch and they think he's going to be the shortstop of the future, I think they forget about that year of control, buy out his arbitration later, and get him up here and playing on an everyday basis. So there's not a transition period mid-season. Dusty Baker talked earlier this spring about wanting to get a guy going hot in AAA or wherever he's playing and then bring him up going hot so he doesn't start up here and slump and have to go back down. If that's part of their thinking, maybe that's why they're doing it on top of trying to get that European control later in the future. But 
uh, I don't know. I'll enjoy watching Danny Espinosa at short until they make that decision and see what the Nationals do going forward. We know what they're doing tomorrow. Another one with the Fish, second game of four, Steven Strasburg versus Adam Conley, who you mentioned earlier. He had a brief outing against the Nationals. He, they didn't bring him back after the rain delay in the opener. So see if Steven Strasburg can make it 3-0 and on the year. If the Nationals can stop their two-game slide here after they drop the finale in Philadelphia in the opener in Miami. That's nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. 6-1 loss tonight, 9-3 and three on the year. At least your Caps won, Dave. Let's go, Caps. There you go. Doghouse says go Nats. Talk to you tomorrow night.